0: Let's explore what it means to be well.
1: From meditation, stress management, safer substance use, and sexual health, we will literally talk sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
0: Join us to dive deep into some student health questions. We'll learn about wellness together, try some coping tools, and meet some interesting people.
1: Your co-hosts, Heather and Craig.
0: perfect blend of Campus Health and Wellness Center and Sal's
1: each week we'll DIY a wellness tool together
0: and then nerd out and dig into the science behind how it works.
1: Email your health and wellness related questions to wellpod at durhamcollege.ca to be discussed anonymously on air. Welcome Welcome to the the WellPod at DC.
0: So I have a joke for you before we get started today. Okay. What type of music is scary for balloons?
1: Scary for balloons
0: pop music
1: uh, uh, good one. welcome good one. to the well
0: pod <laughs> at dc from the media hub on riot radio.ca today we are continuing our uh, sessions or our, our shows our podcasts on vibrations and music and sound related topics uh, reminder it is oshawa music week and so please do continue to check out some of their great events that they have going on this week at oshawa music week on instagram this week though, what we're gonna be focusing on is explaining a little bit about what is sound. So instead of focusing on the emotional music aspect that we were last week, or the vibes and the vibrational aspects, our first uh, session a few weeks ago, we're gonna focus on what is sound, what's happening in the ear. So a little bit of an anatomy lesson mm-hmm. on the ear. Uh, and then we'll talk about how to protect the ear because our student question of this week, I thought was really relevant to staff and faculty as well and they said that wearing headphones all day now, what should I know to make sure I'm not damaging my ears? Do you notice that you've been wearing headphones more pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, I should say? Sorry,
1: (laughs) what? I had to throw one in there too. There's
0: our first one, that's one. (laughs) Keep count, folks. Um,
1: For sure, I mean, a little bit coming out of the pandemic, if we can say say that much, is a Mm -hmm. little bit less, but for sure during was, All day long, basically, right? The appointments and so on that I uh, that I had through South were over the computer with headphones on.
0: Absolutely, I typically will wear headphones when I'm listening to music as well. If you're commuting, you might listen Mm -hmm. to music. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how to protect our ear and some interesting facts that we found about sound, hearing, and the ear. So, what is sound? so sound is a form of energy and we've talked about this for a few weeks now it is a vibration that causes an acoustic wave through transmission mediums such as a gas like our air through liquids and through solids and if you uh can we put our heads on these desks here could you be so kind could you put your ear on the desk there can you just maybe move a little bit can you hear the noise that I'm making on the desk For sure. so not really audible if you're up now you can't really hear it as mm-hmm. well traveling through the air it travels uh, less fast has less things to bounce around less molecules to hit mm-hmm. along its way but solids mm-hmm. make really great transmissions mm-hmm. to be able to help support that wave so it travels fastest through solids and then liquids and air or gases being its slowest slowest mode of transportation I brought a little tool today. This is a a drum, a very scientific instrument Mm -hmm. from my two-year-old. And not to stress Dan out too much, I promise I'm not making a huge mess in your wonderful studio here. Um, But you can actually do experiments like this at home to see and play with sound. So you may not have a drum uh, at home, but if you have a bowl, put some saran wrap or if you have like beeswax wrapping, put something that's really taut across the top of it so it's nice and uh, tight. And then you can use salt or I'm using some rice and some larger pasta here today. Our folks watching are not gonna be able to see it as well, but certainly for yourself, Craig. Mm and you have it right there awesome so if i start the vibration by making the sound you're going to see that i can actually cause movement on the drum so it's moving because of that energy exchange and it's moving faster than it would in the air because there is a solid helping Mm -hmm. it travel fast so Mm -hmm. you can do neat little experiments at this like this at home in order to see sound what is really interesting though is we have entered this world of creatively demonstrating how sound works and there's some beautiful examples on YouTube that you can find. One of my favorites is you can use uh, cornstarch and water to make this uh, oblique, I think it's sometimes called, where it's not mm-hmm. really a solid, not where really liquid. You put it on top of a speaker and you can see it move and dance the vibrations. So we might have a video coming up um, for you to see this a little bit better than my drum and rice. (laughs) Uh, And this is a video called Somatics Science Versus Music by Nigel John Stanford. And what you're going to see in a few seconds is audio visualized by science experiments. The whole video you can find on YouTube, it's about six minutes long. It's really, really cool, Hmm. but we're just gonna watch a quick little trailer that CNN put out, and you're gonna hear a little bit about how they made some of the experiments. One that they're gonna focus on is the cladney plate. Have you heard of this before? What was it? Cladney plate. No. It's this kind of solid metal plate. So remember, sound travels better Mm -hmm. in solids. And he's gonna put salt on top of it Mm -hmm. and certain frequencies and vibrations create different patterns. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna see a little bit in this clip we're about to show on the really neat way we can see sound and its vibrations. Mm
2: -hmm. If you spare a little of your imagination, It is a film to describe to you the effect of cymatic frequencies on matter.
0: What frequencies create the most interesting repeatable pattern? So we ended up playing pretty much every audio frequency through the plate to see what different shapes it would form
3: and for most frequencies it doesn't really do much but when it hits a frequency that resonates with the plate it forms a really nice pure shape so we found out what those tones were and those were the tones we used to dry the plate in
4: the video. In the speaker dish experiment we taped a petri dish to the speaker filled it with vodka
1: and we vibrate the dish with various tones. So the speaker is moving up and down and that's forming a wave from the edge of the dish towards the centre. The camera is
0: taking a picture at exactly the same time as the next wave is about to arrive. If you play audio through that's the same frequency or a multiple of that frequency, you're going to be able to
3: make the liquid look like it's frozen
0: appears that the water is frozen time and what it's really doing is showing you exactly how the water is vibrating in space because of the sound frequencies. Some pretty neat patterns that were being made there.
1: For sure, especially for some of the video where you have the reflection of the sound off of, you know, the various walls of the containers and so on being used that then the Mm -hmm. waves are bouncing back and interacting with the new waves and you end up with those patterns and so on
0: all sorts of unique patterns Mm -hmm. one of the things that they talk about is that certain frequencies would make different patterns and so a reminder in case uh frequency is a newer term to you and it's going to be a bit of a foundation for our session today frequency is the number of waves or the number of cycles of the vibration per second Mm -hmm. and so we use a measurement called hertz and this is just the number of waves per second that we're seeing. And so the more waves, the higher the frequency. And I was going to do a little fun activity, uh, but alas, it was not working like Mm. most science experiments. You should have ample time uh, to be able to make sure it works before (laughs) coming to a live studio audience. Uh, But you can make something called a pan flute by using straws within your home. Uh, And if you go to scienceworld.ca in their resource section, they have a whole section on sound experiments. And a pan flute, you can take a long tube. Imagine this is my straw here. And we can make a little uh, notch on the one end. And when you blow on it, it's going to make a certain sound. We're Mm going to hear it and hear that frequency. What's really fun, though, is you can use a pair of scissors and chop that straw, make it shorter Mm -hmm. and shorter and shorter. And the pitch will increase. The frequencies uh, change. Mm -hmm. And so it's a higher frequency that we start hearing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an important thing, the connection there to pitch for uh, people who are maybe unfamiliar with it right because even with ourselves right we can think about like the pitch of a sound that we make like uh right versus Mm
0: -hmm. uh right a little higher pitch there
1: the difference is the higher pitch but it was the frequency with and you can kind of sometimes feel it if you will in your throat right what do I have to do open up uh versus Mm -hmm. uh Close and there's it a, a change bit. there, close it a little bit, and there's a higher frequency there. Absolutely.
0: Right? Yeah. My friends nickname me when I get really excited. They call me supersonic because my pitch, <laughs> apparently, in my voice, I start to get very squeaky and excited. <laughs> um, but we have an image that can help highlight this as well. So, this is the human auditory field. So, what's interesting is some frequencies, some sound waves, are not audible for humans. So, humans typically are able to hear between 20 and 20,000 hertz. And so, on the screen right now you're going to see a graph and it shows you where kind of the human auditory area is but there are many creatures that can actually hear the lower frequencies below 20 so I think on the screen you see a little mole and an elephant Mm -hmm. and then many creatures hear above what we can so bats for instance and dolphins and dogs if you've ever heard or I guess you wouldn't have heard a dog whistle (laughs) but if you've seen it being used you Mm -hmm. see someone blowing into this whistle we hear nothing But that sound wave is still going out, but it's a higher frequency, a higher pitch, and is only being picked up by the dog in that case. (laughs) Um, the other thing as well that we want to talk about a little bit today is amplitude. So sound, the importance is not just on the number of waves that are being made, but where we really want to focus in today, especially Mm -hmm. when we start talking about ear health and protecting our ears is all around amplitude because amplitude is the measurement of sounds force Mm -hmm. and it's pressure that is being put forward. And we measure this in decibels. So you're now gonna see a new image on the screen, and this is our decibel sound scale. So you're gonna see that some things uh, like the whisper or even breathing in our lungs, it is a smaller level of decibels that are being produced. And then a chainsaw, I think fireworks is at the very end, the very extreme, have the loudest rate uh, for decibels. So amplitude measures the pressure or the force, so think volume, right? Mm -hmm. When we turn the volume up on our, Uh, smart devices on our television, it's increasing those decibels, it's increasing the force and the pressure that those waves are then able to come out Mm -hmm. with. Uh, A really quick, easy activity that you can do is just even on your phone, and I'm going to do this myself, if you just turn on any music with your earphones out, so it's going to be coming out right directly through your speaker. If you just even, I'm going to pick something that's maybe a little louder. So I have a little music here, but if I cover my speaker with my thumb, Mm -hmm. you can actually feel the pressure Mm -hmm. of those sound waves. I decrease the volume and I can't hear them as Mm -hmm. much. So you can play with the volume button on your devices, put your fingers on the speakers, and you can actually start to feel it as well. So what we know is that excessive pressure or excessive amplitude, high volumes can lead to noise inducing hearing loss. And there's actually a whole world that studies sound, Uh, acoustics. You may have heard of that term term before. I used to just thought that this means like music and sound, but it's actually the scientific study of sound is the definition of acoustics. Uh, And it's found in all aspects of modern society. There's a lot of different sub-disciplines. Last week, we focused a little bit more on psychoacoustics. So seeing how sound and noise can cause more of an emotional or psychological Mm -hmm. response. But something I just wanted to kind of um, highlight today is an area that was new to me called bioacoustics. Have you ever heard of bioacoustics being a bio lover yourself?
1: Not, not the term itself. I'm sure we might get into it and then, oh, yeah, and I've just not come what across it. What do you think it term. means? I, I had would to guess. I mean, I would think the merge of bio and acoustics in terms of biological organisms hearing stuff hearing sounds go. picking up on yeah. frequencies hearing
0: sounds making sounds the whole world okay. uh, related to it so it's mostly how nature uses sound to interact with each other the environment so it helps us explore different diversity habitat health wildlife behavior and so much more mm-hmm. there is an article from the canadian geographic in 2022 called bioacoustics what nature sounds can tell us about the health of our worlds And what's really interesting is that our planet has a soundtrack that we are just starting to be able to hear as a human because of the different frequencies that perhaps we weren't able to pick up. And what we're noticing is some animals use sound to help them locate. So a bat, for instance, you might have heard of echolocation. Mm -hmm. So they're using sound to help themselves navigate. Uh, But there's um, many other reasons why nature might be using sound. For instance, some latest research is finding out that plants emit sound waves. Really fascinating. One study found that pea seedlings will listen for the sound of the flow of water and actually start to move their roots towards that sound to be able to absorb more water. And other studies that they were doing at a university in Israel have found evidence that plants make noises when they're under stress. So these researchers, and I laugh picturing them, they use very specialized microphones and then they stressed out plants, mostly tobacco and tomato plants. Uh, And there's three things that they would do. Two of the biggest things they would do is they would cut the plants or they would dehydrate them. So they would not water the plants. And what they were finding, they used AI, which we'll talk a little bit about later today as well. They used an AI software and it could actually predict the sound if the plant was happy, if it had been Hmm. recently cut, or if it was dehydrated. Hmm. Um, So something is happening with our plants here as well. Some other areas of AI that bioacoustics is using is through bird calls, for instance. You can download a lot of cool apps on your phone to be able to distinguish what certain creatures are, especially birds. But a really great show I recommend to see bioacoustics in action is called Welcome to Earth. It's a National Geographic show. Will Smith is the host. And the very first episode is called The Silent Roar. It is a fascinating show, it's beautiful to watch as well, but it introduces you to some areas of sound that maybe are new and Mm -hmm. exciting to you. And they talk to marine biologist Diva Amon, and she's from the Caribbean, and she studies the loudest animal on earth. Any guesses on what the loudest animal on earth is? sperm whale bravo gold star yeah i was gonna say
1: some sort of whale whale he's uh very specific right
0: he's the new science guy joining our show (laughs) uh and sperm whales make noises louder than a chainsaw and i'm gonna try my best to see if my microphone will pick this up this is uh, just a very short clip of the sounds of the sperm whales So that is a sperm whale at a frequency, but also at an amplitude Mm -hmm. that is very high. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a change in its frequency, but it's that amplitude that is really important. And uh, she can actually feel it when she's in the water when Mm -hmm. she got up close to the sperm whales. This episode is really interesting. It also goes into a festival in Mexico where they explode hammers and you can then see the actual vibration coming from the sound uh, and the energy exchange and it demonstrates how you can see sound feel sound and how sound not only travels through air but moves air mm-hmm. and the episode really highlights how sound is movement i just wanted to read a quick quote from the canadian geographic 2022 article in bioacoustics it said that sound is intimate It waves pound against our bodies and penetrate the inner ear, pulse through our skin, flesh, and bones. Sound tells us where we are, but it also evokes memory of where we used to be. It carries with us a sense of time and place. We humans use the sound we make to delight, woo, warn, and worship. So there's another kind of definition of sound or other theories of sound in that sound is the reception of waves and their perception by our brain. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for everyone in the audience. If a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have a couple yeses. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd be wrong. According to an 1883 magazine article that is said to be one of the first to have pitched the question, bear with me, right? Them. Bear with me. So they said it's yes and no, dependent on who's answering the question because (laughs) sound is the sensation excited in the ear when the air or other medium is set in motion. And this was defended by Scientific American and their magazine because they agreed that, no, it doesn't make a sound if no one is around to hear it because sound is vibration transmitted to our senses through the mechanism of the ear recognized as sound only at our nerve centers the falling of a tree or other any other disturbance will produce a vibration of the air but if there are no ears to hear it there is no sound
1: did you hear what she did there right she said you're wrong and then she said well it's yes and no so we're half right
0: right depends yeah. on I, how I you like look at the question right is that is that I give you I get 49. <laughs> there's no ears around very true very true we have to take in consideration some of the other ears (laughs) in the forest uh there's an image on your screen right now coming up of bill nye the science guy one of my idols. I'm a huge Bill Nye fan. Uh, not only because of most of my childhood or late childhood, I have memories of his wonderful show, but as a teacher, uh, elementary school teacher, I used him a lot, especially in my grade four classrooms. He has a great episode on sound. It's fun, maybe a little bit annoying. Uh, they have music videos in it, <laughs> um, but it's a really great way to start thinking about sound. And one thing I wanted to do, I'm going to do an experiment with you right now. So okay. uh, bear with me. I'm going to come stand behind you, and I'm going to. Ask you to use this tube of paper, okay. and I'm going to ask you to put it on the ear that is uh, on this side of you. you. Yeah, and I'm going to come behind you, and I'm going to make some sounds, and I want you with your other finger to tell me which side of your head I am banging these two markers okay. in order for you to I hear the you're sound. Draw on me. So I'm no. not going to draw okay, a mustache you. Don't thank you, you, you <laughs> worry. So I'm going to come around and just using your fingers. Okay. What side of your head am I making the noise?
1: My right side in the middle.
0: Right, It's a little bit trickier because of that tube that is sticking out, you can put your tube down now. Uh, What I did is I kind of extended (laughs) your ear canal, we kind of extended your ear Mm -hmm. and it distorted those vibrations a little bit Mm -hmm. because now instead of kind of equally being able to enter either ear, Mm -hmm. I kind of changed the one side and maybe threw off your balance a little bit and threw off the Mm -hmm. ability to distinguish Mm -hmm. where that sound is coming from. So our ears are very vital Um, And this kind of world of acoustics is the physiological acoustics. And it's the study of function and structure of sound forming and sound detecting organs. So tell us about sound detecting organs, Craig. Uh,
1: No, but it was really interesting what you were saying in terms of... Joking aside from being right or wrong, but that that aspect, uh, as the question goes, and I think most people have probably heard it at some point and so on, but from this aspect of there really are kind of two things going on here. There is, you know, what is sound, as you've um, shared with us today, right, is vibration of particles, which we're so used to that uh mechanoacoustic, sometimes it's called, mm-hmm. right, of... You are just used to it. I'm hearing your voice because that's what happens and has happened for, at least for myself, right? Since I was born, I've heard stuff, right? But there's that you make noise and then that sound has to actually come over to me in the case of us talking or in the case Mm -hmm. of clapping the the pens together, right? Is it has to get to my ears and ultimately what's happening is something is shaking, vibrating, right? One of the... Interesting things to, to think about with sound, at least for me, from that standpoint. It's a bit of a silly example because a lot of bad things would happen if this were to happen. But if you went out into outer space with no spacesuit on, mm-hmm. beyond the fact that you would instantly pass away, okay, um, hey,
0: that's not what Hollywood has taught. Yeah, me. that's not what I saw. This. George Clooney flown around the, up there. There you go, right?
1: <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to make a sound mm. because it's a vacuum. Yeah, you can't make a sound in the vacuum. Ultimately, we're vibrating something. Our vocal cords are shaking the air. We're shaping with our mouths the sound that's coming out. So right now, you're hearing words that you know you understand, and so on. Mm-hmm. It's but I'm shaping the sound it's with just how, all
0: waves. The frequency,
1: yeah. as we said, of the vocal cords, the shape of my uh, mouth uh, in terms of. You know muscles of my mouth tongue and so on to shape that uh, that sound but what's happening then is the air particles are coming from my mouth and bumping into the next particles and bumping into the next particles and bumping into the next and i you know won't get all the way over there but will eventually go into your ear
0: it's like air hockey you know when you hit the paddle back and forth so it's almost like it kind of hits something else and then that vibration continues that's That's, what i'm picturing from what you're saying yeah that's
1: right right it's not that the air is coming out of my mouth and ending up at your ear but it's bumping into the next bunch of air particles which bump into the next and so on and so this is that mechanically what is going on and then the flip side of that is us processing that information Mm -hmm. right Yeah, which kind of getting ahead of myself here, but thinking about my voice or your voice and what we're hearing, right? Our brains are wonderful in the sense of what you're actually hearing right now are a bunch of electrical signals in your brain.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Yeah but then your brain says, no, but it's coming from over there. So it's Craig's Mm -hmm. voice, Mm -hmm. but it's a bunch of electrical signals saying, this is what the frequency and the amplitude that you discussed are, and then your brain's connecting to it, and this is what the words mean that Craig is saying, and all of that amazing interaction that goes on like that,
0: right? Instant. Mm -hmm. Instant.
1: But that's the other aspect I get ahead of myself here in terms of what's going on, psychoacoustic wise, right? Mm -hmm. And so we'll start off looking at a little bit of the anatomy here and we'll look at a few different pictures. So the first one that will show up on the screen is a picture of sort of a a cross section of your ear here. If you were to kind of, uh, you know, be able to open up the head and there's my ear. And there's a few, um, things to point out here. And so there is what we consider our ear in a way, which is this outer part, but really that kind of acts as a little bit of a funnel to oversimplify it, to funnel those sound waves that we're talking about those particles to focus the sound down into the, um, the portion of the outer ear there into the channel of your, of your ear. And then at the end of the outer ear leading to the middle ear is our eardrum, which again, likely most of us have heard of before, but very much like a drum in terms of you hit this and then those things shake as those air particles bump up against it, it starts to shake, right? So if my finger is, are the air particles, That's your eardrum is now vibrating at the same frequency and with the same amplitude as the sound that's coming to them, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it starts to shake. And then within the middle ear, you can see there's a couple of uh, ossicles really a a scientific term for small bones, the Mm -hmm. smallest bones of your body right there in Mm. your middle ear, and uh, they start to vibrate because they're attached, right? So if my one hand is the eardrum and my other hand is the bone, if the one is shaking, the other starts to shake, and then the ossicles are connected to the inner ear, which is in the right side of the picture that people are seeing now. There's a whole lot to to get into there. And I don't want to go down too much of a side uh, tangent here. But uh, the second picture that we'll put up is actually focusing just on the inner ear there because our ears are crazy in terms of what they do. They help maintain our balance. Mm. They help us know that we're sitting upright right now, telling our brains that I'm sitting up straight. Again, one of those things that you're like, I, I how do you know that you're sitting upright because I am I've done it ever since I was whatever yeah. you know six months old and could sit up on my own kind of thing right but it's your inner ear that's sending signals to your brain that I'm upright right now mm-hmm. no I'm not Right. And then portions as well for uh, for movement as you turn your head to keep you keeping your balance and so on. But the portion that's labeled there, the cochlea in the picture that uh, in the second picture that's up there is actually the portion that's involved in hearing. And what's going on in the purple bluish color, little coil inside that cochlea. Mm-hmm. There is fluid that as those, uh, ossicles start to shake, they start to shake your inner ear mm. and then the fluid starts to shake inside the cochlea.
0: So the bones then are moving and then they shake the fluid that's inside the purple curly thing.
1: Exactly. Mm. The cochlea. Right. And so then it's, uh, then it's kind of like, you know, I have a cup here, it's filled with water. If my hand starts shaking the cup, what's going on with the water? Mm -hmm. It starts to shake. This is the same thing, right? The blue fluid in there or whatever color it actually is (laughs) starts to vibrate. But here's the thing at the same frequency as the frequency of the sound that hit your eardrum. Wow. And then in terms of, uh, in terms of that, uh, I'll go to the third picture here. There's a lot of detail to this picture, but the overall idea is more on the right-hand side of the picture. There's a cross section of what that cochlea looks like. Mm -hmm. And inside there, there's a little organ of Corti it's called, and there are little hair cells and the hair cells are, I'll use my hand. They have little hairs sticking off of them. Not this kind of hair, but similar as the fluid starts to go past them with a certain frequency, the hairs start to get pushed on. Mm. And depending on the frequency, different hair cells will start to get pushed on or get into the same movement. And then they trigger nervous signals ultimately to your brain, getting to that psychoacoustic, uh, you know, do you actually, is it actually heard, right? Mm -hmm. Sound is this, as you said, processing in our mind, of something that happened in our external environment.
0: Fascinating.
1: Very much. Very,
0: very Very interesting. So more to come on the ear coming up after this very quick musical break. Um, And I'm just looking for my notes right now, so I'm trying to stall as best as I can. So coming up after the musical break, we're going to explore more how you can protect these wonderful little bones and hairs deep inside of your ear. We're going to talk about protecting your ear, ear earwax, ear candles and headphones. Don't forget that you can follow us on social media at DCSA Media Hub. As well, you can check out some wellness related stuff at wellness at DC here is the sound of silence by simon and garfunkel right here on riotradio.ca
2: hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while i was sleeping I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stared by the flash of a neon light I split the night and touched the sound of silence And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe more People talking without speaking People hearing without listening People writing songs That voices never share No one did Disturb the sound of silence Fools that I do not know Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words like silent raindrops fell. Echo the will of silence of oh, silence
0: Welcome back to the WellPod at DC right here on the media hub from DCSA at riotradio.ca. You heard a little bit of a song, a sneak peek into a song, a teaser that we're going to play a little bit uh, later because right now we're going to talk a little bit about protecting our ears and some of the ways that we can protect ourselves, especially from that amplitude that we were talking about earlier, damage from that, the pressure. One of the things that comes to mind are cotton swabs, better known as Q-tips. Do people in this room use q-tips? I see one head nod yes. I see another yes. I see, ah, q-tips are so bad. So q-tips are cotton swabs if you're not familiar with them. It almost looks like a toothpick and it will sometimes have one or two ends of cotton kind of tightly wadded onto the ends of it. And they were actually developed in 1923 by a Polish American named Leo. He was watching his wife dry his little infant's ears every day and then developed these. And it's funny because Q-tip was his brand name, but Mm. most of us refer to cotton swabs Mm. as Q-tips. But they are actually extremely dangerous and have never been recommended by physicians, but you can still find them in almost every single pharmacy. Everywhere, and four out of five people <laughs> yeah. in this room are using them. Um, and so one of the reasons why they're dangerous is because they actually do two things. One, they strip earwax out, which is not necessarily a bad thing, and then they can actually push things deeper mm-hmm. into your ear. So earwax, or the scientific term for it is cerumen, is a naturally occurring substance in mammals produced in the external auditory canal. And it actually protects the inner ear. So it's a bit of lubrication. It actually helps with cleaning. So it kind of gathers up particles of dust and little bits and pieces, maybe an insect along the way. And so it protects uh, our inner ear and that very precious eardrum from um, some hazards. And some of the latest research is indicating that it might actually be antibacterial. So they're seeing that it might actually be helping with fungi and other bacteria in your ear. But this is why you got to love science is there's been some other research that actually find it is a really good breeding ground for bacteria, especially if your ears tend to be a little bit more damp and you don't properly dry them after shower. So a little bit of a debate if it helps with bacteria or actually helps grows it, but we do not want to be sticking a Q-tip in our ear to remove it. If you are noticing excessive earwax in your ear, it may actually start to impede some sound. It can cause mild conductive hearing loss, pain, itchiness. But as you mentioned, Craig, it can block our one ear and then our balance can really start to be impacted. So you might feel really dizzy and wobbly. And one of the things I read is that distinguishing when you sit up mm-hmm. if I'm laying down, you will have a harder time orientating yourself in mm-hmm. space if you do have an excessive buildup. Another tool that you'll sometimes people move to is ear candling. Has anyone done ear candling before? I don't think this is the room that would have done ear candling, Uh, but it is a cotton fabric soaked in beeswax. And so it's like this cone or kind of hollow candle. And the idea is that you lay down and it is placed into your ear. So it's shoved into your uh, external ear canal. It's lit on fire, and then while the flame is extinguished, it continues to burn, and the idea is that the burning and the heat creates a vortex, creates a vacuum, and sucks out the earwax. What's really interesting is that these are actually more of a new age alternative medicine because the origins are really hard for researchers to pinpoint. So researchers are not feeling like this is an ancient medicinal technique and that it's much more of a new age product that was being sold and in fact the FDA issued an alert in 2007 identifying it as a dangerous product for your health and is not recommended. It's also really ineffective. So I had it done a few times when I was younger and they would cut it open and then you'd look inside and you'd see this kind of almost earwax looking debris inside and you'd go, wow, all of that was sucked out of my ear. Any guesses, Craig, of what might be inside of it if it's not actually earwax? It's just the wax from the candle. So remember, yeah, right? It's like fabric it's that's just, been dipped in beeswax, yeah. and so what you're seeing is just the melted just, residue from the beeswax.
1: I'm just trying to beeswax. not make too many comments where then people write us <laughs> later complaining. Complaining, <laughs> right? <Correct. laughs>
0: so we know that's not necessarily safe, and we know that it's a um, a bit of a mm-hmm. false claim that what you're seeing is not actually the ears wax. Uh, if you are feeling like you have excessive earwax in your ears. You can always go and see a physician Mm -hmm. right here at the campus health and wellness center. We actually do some ear flushing. There is a small cost to it. I believe it's around $20 between 10 and $20 dollars, So it can be really helpful though, especially if you're noticing that buildup. Mm-hmm. And shout out, shout out to one of our nurses, P. I know she loves doing the ear flushes. So uh, <laughs> she really wants you to go and book some of those. She gets extreme satisfaction from seeing mm-hmm. all the gunk uh, come out of your ear. So Q-tips and candles may not be helpful, but AI is actually changing the world of ear health. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of advancements with apps and different AI products One of them is you actually have a decibel reader on your phone. If you have an Apple product, there is actually uh, right in the health application, Hmm. the ability to, when you're using headphones, measure your decibel levels. So current research is saying that any sound above 85 decibels can cause some hearing loss, both because of the amplitude, remember that power and the force if it's extremely high, but also the length of exposure. Um, and what they're seeing is that 140 decibels will cause immediate damage and pain. And according to Apple Health, 80 decibels for more than 40 hours a week increases your risk of having some permanent ear loss. So there's apps to help measure your decibels when you're using headphones. But then there's also apps that can just measure it in your setting, in your environment. Mm-hmm. It's not in Canada yet, but there's an app called SoundPrint where people can check the ambience, the sound levels in a restaurant, a cafe, a concert hall, and then they post it. And then if you find yourself more susceptible to loud noises, mm-hmm. you're maybe trying to focus on one a place that has a lower decibel read, you can go onto this app and check out different restaurants and different cafes and what their live decibel yeah. levels are. Yeah. Um, There's also other apps that are coming out to actually do hearing tests. It's still recommended you always go see a professional in person, Mm -hmm. but especially for communities where maybe access to those professionals is hard, your apps are now able to do a hearing test, but also test to see if you have a hearing infection. So Hmm. Yale University is working on an app where you can actually test your ear. And I think what they're doing is they're testing the frequency and amplitude of waves, uh, how much they're being, uh, what's the fancy smart word when it's being pushed back, reverberated or rebounced? What's the word Uh, I'm looking for? Reflected. Reflected is a similar word. Um, So some really neat stuff coming out uh, with AI. Hmm. Professionals that use their hearing as part of their roles or if you're really big into music, you know, our hearing is really vital and something that should be protected. And in fact, John Dever uh, experienced some hearing loss. He was kind of seen as the grandfather of grunge in the Mm -hmm. early 90s. A lot of artists like Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder referenced him for their songwriting But he spoke about losing some of his hearing Mm -hmm. and really wanted to write an album that was not going to inflict so much pain because they spent a lot of time mixing Mm -hmm. and having to re-listen to the music over and over again, as well as playing it live. And so a little interesting fact, a quote he has said is that I made Harvest Moon because I didn't want to hear any loud sounds. Hmm. So we're going to take a quick musical break to hear this song. And then afterwards, Craig, you're going to talk a little bit more about headphones and some PPE that might be important for us to carry around with us. Don't forget, you can follow us on DCSA Media Hub as well as Wellness at DC. Here is Harvest Moon by Neil Young, right here on Riot radio.ca
4: Come a little bit closer, hear what I have to say. Just like sleep in We could dream this night away But there's a full moon rising Let's go
1: Welcome back to WellPod at DC from the media hub at riotradio.ca. And so, for this last segment, a lot of the stuff that I'll talk about is, of course, directly related to what you're talking about or you were talking about there, in terms of trying to uh, keep our ears healthy with not using Q-tips and the uh, candle stuff and so <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of uh, in terms of what I came across was related to um, headphones and earbuds and th- their use. Yeah. And so I came across an interesting article, and in actually the Roland. Stone, It was uh, interesting because at first glance, it was like, uh, you know, oh, it's just a review of like good headphones, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like uh, a magazine buy like oh, yeah, buy these ones because mm-hmm. they're the most expensive. Um, but uh, it was actually really interesting because it was a uh, best headphones to protect your ear. And so they actually had a really interesting discussion with uh, Dr. Eric Voigt who's an associate professor of otolaryngology. I probably said that wrong.
0: I avoided that word. Yeah, Bravo. Yeah. Bravo.
1: <laughs> but it was really interesting as, uh, yeah, it was a related, of course, to which, uh, which headphones to purchase, which I won't get into, but related to protecting your ears overall. And a lot of it overlaps with, um, PPE as well as um, in terms of you know using um, oh my brain just went blank but using uh, ear um, like earplugs earplugs thank you plugs it's such a hard word <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, the the question they asked him was just straight up you know can headphones and earbuds lead to hearing loss and so uh the doctor said you know the short answer is yes but there's you know it's nuanced beyond just yes yes it is Mm -hmm. Um, and the things that were related to hearing loss using headphones using earbuds are some of the things that you mentioned uh, earlier on in terms of Volume, loudness, right? The decibel level, Mm -hmm. uh, the duration. So how long you're listening to the sounds or music for, and then as well, and this is kind of tied to the decibels, Mm -hmm. but the distance you are from the, uh, the sound, right? Because some of the things I know that we came across in terms of different articles were, you know, this is this decibel level and so on. Well, um, for whatever reason a a siren is coming to mind, right? Well, an ambulance sitting beside my car on the road that suddenly turns on its siren is way louder than, you know, it's way up the road there coming along and I kind of hear the siren. It's actually the same sound, But, of course, different decibel, different amplitude there in terms of loudness, ultimately, Mm -hmm. and therefore the effects on our ears and and so on.
0: So the closer and the greater the pressure, the more risk of damage.
1: Exactly, exactly right. Even to think like it's like being at a concert, standing beside the speaker versus I'm further away from the the speaker, right? Mm -hmm. Is there's going to be a different amplitude uh, ultimately. And so, yeah, the article kind of went through some interesting. Interesting aspects to these various parts that ultimately could lead to damage of our ears so loudness they discussed at first and it was really interesting from the how we've evolved with our uh, portable music devices to use the terms they use in the article which yeah. was uh, particularly humorous from the nerdy side of things of saying your phone mm-hmm. uh, right? well, but I, I
0: came across some that said your mp3 player yeah
1: <laughs> that's the thing right because that's what they were and that's aging ourselves if we were our walkmans that uh, we you know uh, may or may not remember using growing up um but it was uh, interesting from the uh, uh, the discussion was around the how advanced our technology has become from the standpoint of our iPhones relative to our MP3 players, relative to our Walkmans, and so on. But as, as you turned up the volume on the older uh, equipment, the sound kind of crapped out, if I can say it that yeah. way. The bass really started to not sound very good, so your automatic was... I'm not going to turn it up because it doesn't sound good. And now with, you know, digital means of music production, I'm sure the guys here know a lot more about what can be done and so on that's, or what is done to make it sound really good. Mm -hmm. But the quality is so much higher that we don't think about like it's make it louder make it louder make it louder Mm -hmm. right because it's like nothing is changing about the music other than the energy and intensity that you know one might enjoy myself included in the sense of I like listening to my songs like how come my phone won't go louder than this kind of thing right Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't go louder than that and I probably shouldn't have it as high as I I do either but because there's no disadvantage right relative to you know 70s 80s 90s listening to, you know, some of those things that we were, uh, that we were talking about. And so another thing kind of, uh, tied to, uh, tied to distance, right, is okay. You have headphones over your ears, even more so earbuds stuck into your auditory canal there, right? right the in two there. we saw earlier mm-hmm. is you are so close to your eardrum, all of the energy coming out of, especially the earbuds is going to your eardrum,
0: especially if there's that tighter seal because then it doesn't even have areas to escape, right? It's you're kind of sealing the the vibrations right in your ear. Exactly. The, I'm sure even
1: reflection in terms of, yeah, mm-hmm. might be bouncing off, but then it's staying in there and it's that much more intense, uh, overall. And it's interesting. I'm going to bounce off. What you just said there is that it seals off your ear. And even the headphones, I have some pretty good ones for work, but they're, you know, for noise reduction and so on, they seal off your ear. So some of the things that I came across were related to um, getting ear infections. Mm -hmm. So there are sometimes an increase in ear infections because it keeps the canal, and you were mentioning something about that earlier, in terms of it keeps it damper in there.
0: Yes, more moist.
1: More moist, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And it keeps it warmer in there, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of going bacteria
0: loves moist and warm
1: exactly so one of the things that the doctor in the article suggested is you use your earbuds and then you take them out and clean them uh, I don't know, frequently is not the word, but like every day, you know, okay, I clean it off so that those bacteria don't stick around for the next time I shove it into that warm, moist location for more growth and so on. Mm. And then finally, I'll end off on even just the distance, even though I mentioned it, but it was really interesting from the as right you're just so so close to it that even something that's not that loud right maybe to use an analogy i think it was it said human speech was like 60 decibels to 70 decibels something like that but if i got up and i'll save you me doing this and walked around and put my mouth right up against your ear and spoke with the same volume that i am right beyond the awkwardness of that right it would be way louder Mm -hmm. because it's just right there in your ear right Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and music is not that same volume I think I was reading uh, it was something like a a concert can get upwards of 100 to 110 decibels and earbuds can be (coughs) even over 110 decibels so it's like it's more energy than even being at a concert. Yeah. Right. And so it can be uh, pretty wild. Some of the damage that occurs mm-hmm. from infections, damage to the eardrum and, uh, and so on.
0: So I'm hearing that as don't worry about getting the perfect best headphone out there. Make sure you're taking some breaks. Consider how close sound is to your mm-hmm. actual eardrum yep. and consider using perhaps some earplugs or some other devices when you're in live music or settings where there are louder noises. For sure. Don't consider at Dorky, you're still going to be enjoying the live music, but consider the longevity of your ear health, like John Dever. You want to make sure that you're able to listen to music and other sounds for a very long time. For sure. Well, thank you for being ear with us today. Uh, Next week, (laughs) we are going to be talking about first impressions. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to share an experience that I just had. I got invited to a speakeasy live music venue. So I'm gonna be sharing the story of what happened there and how, uh, as an introvert, it felt walking into this speakeasy Mm. live music venue. And we'll be having a guest with us to talk about first impressions. Don't forget that some of the books and tools and research that we talk about in our episodes are posted on our Instagram account at wellness at DC. And if you have some questions or topics you want us to explore anonymously, don't forget you can email us wellpod at durhamcollege.ca. Last song today is Ear by Deluxe, playing us out at riotradio.ca.